Good evening, today we'll be studying the fourth chapter of Hilchot Ma'achalot Asurot. In this chapter, we'll deal with the topics of a nevela and terefa. We'll also speak about the combination of different isurim and if they uh, can contribute to each other for the minimum shi'ur, for the minimum amount for one to be liable um, for violating the law, if he ate something forbidden, uh, if he ate rather two things that are forbidden. And the last part of the chapter will speak about different parts of the animal um, that may or may not be um, considered um, to be um, liable. If, if one ate them, one would may or may not be liable um, for eating those parts of the animal. Okay. Anyone who eats the size of a kezait, kezait is the volume of a middle, a mid-sized uh, olive. So anyone who eats the shi'ur of a kezait, of flesh of an animal that died on its own, or haya shemeta, or a haya that died on its own, or of shemet, or the a chicken that, or bird rather, that died on its own, loke would be liable for malkut. And as the Torah says, you may not eat any nevelan. Nevela literally means a corpse, but for our purposes, it means an animal that died on its own. And any animal that died on its own, and sorry, Mahila, and any animal that was not rather um, slaughtered according to the laws of Shechita and the proper. According to the proper, yes, according to the laws of Shechita, is considered to be meta, is considered to have died on its own. And in the laws of Shechita, the next trees, we um, will clarify exactly what we mean when we say the proper Shechita and what we mean when we say um, improper Shechita. Halacha bet. The prohibition of nevela only applies to kosher animals, only. Because only those animals are eligible for shahita. And if they are slaughtered according to the, they are slaughtered property according to the laws of shahita, they would be permitted to be eaten. However, non-kosher non animals that shahita does not do anything to them, if shahita was done to a non-kosher animal, it is still, still um, prohibited to be eaten because it is a non-kosher animal. Whether it was slaughtered or whether it was it died on its own, or if someone cut flesh um, from a live from the live non-kosher animal and ate it, he would not be liable for malkut because of a because of violating the prohibition of nevela or a terefa. Rather, he would be liable because he ate not kosher meat. Halacha gimat. Ha'ochel of tahor hai kol shehu lokemishum ochel nevela. Anyone who eats the yes, anyone who eats a kosher bird while it is live um, 
Yes, Halo one second. Yes, anyone who eats a kosher bird of any size alive is liable um, for eating a nevela. Even though the bird does not have a kazait of flesh, he would be liable um, because he ate the entire bird. Yes, and as we mentioned in the previous chapter, if anyone ate a whole, a cre if anyone ate a creature whole, he would be liable, um, even if he there is less than a kezait that he ate. But if he ate the if he ate the whole bird um, after it died. He would only be liable until he eats a kezait, even though the entire bird itself does not have a does not contain the volume of a kezait. Sorry, because it, um, yes, even though the bird itself doesn't have a kezait of the volume of a kezait of flesh of basar. Because since the bird, um, along with the other parts of it, aside from the flesh, is does contain a kezait again? Yes, the whole bird with the veins and the sinews and everything aside from the flesh it contains a kezait. He would be liable because for uh, violating the isur of nevela. Anyone who eat the kezait of flesh of a stillborn kosher animal, would be liable for malkut for violating the isur of nevela. And regarding behemot, it is prohibited to eat them um, until they are left for eight days. Because any behemah that was born and did not live for eight days is considered a stillborn. But one would not be liable for makut if he ate it. And if it is known that it completed the full pregnancy cycle in the womb of the mother and then it was born, and the, the cycles differ for behemot and for behemot gasot and behemot dakot. For behemot gasot, the cycle would be nine months, and for behemot dakot, it would be five months. An example of a behemagasa is a larger animal, for example, cattle, and the behemadaka are smaller um, behemoth, for example, a sheep or a goat. It is permitted to eat the um, the the behema, provided again it completed the full pregnancy cycle. It is permitted to eat them um, right after um, they were born. The placenta that comes out of the animal while um, after it gives birth is prohibited to be eaten, and anyone who eats it, however, would be um, exempt for um, from malkut because it is not considered um, meat. It is not considered basar. Now that that. Pretty much covers the topic of nevela. Now we'll move to the other isur, the isur of nevela. 
האוכל כזית מבשר בהמה או חיה או עוף טהורים שנטרפו לוקה. anyone who eats the כזית of flesh of, an, of a בהמה או חיה או עוף that was rendered a טרפה is liable for מלכות. as we'll see in הלכות שחיטה פרק יוד there are 70 ways an animal may be rendered a טרפה. so anyone who eats, who eats a כזית of a behema or haya or of um, that are kosher that became that was rendered a terefa is liable for malchut shneimaru basar basad the terefa lotochelu lakev tashichunoto as the Torah says any meat or any the flesh yes loosely translated an animal that was torn apart by another animal may not be eaten it must be cast away or given to the dog um, to be eaten halachavav. Terefa ha'amura batura, this terefa that is stated in the Torah, zoshe tarefa ota hayat hayar, is referring to a terefa that was torn apart and injured by a predatory animal. Kigon, ari, benamer, vechayotzabehen, for example, a lion or a leopard or anything of that sort. Vechen, of shetaraf oto, of hadores, another example of it, this terefa that is mentioned in the Torah is um, a, bir- a predatory bird that came and injured it. Kigon, net, vechayotzeba, for example, a falcon or any other type of predatory bird. Ve'enata yechol omar she'tarefa ota ve'emita ota and you can't, can't say that it tore it apart and killed it. She'imemeta harehi nevela because if you say that it killed it, it would be a nevela. Umali meta mahamat atzma oikabasai vehemita oshevara ari vehemita. And what would be the difference if it died on its own or if it was um, killed by a sword or if it was struck by a lion and killed? Ha enomedaber ella beshenitrefa velometa. Rather, the Torah must be talking about when it says uvasar bisde terefalo tochelu is an animal that was attacked um, and torn apart, but was still alive. If this terefa is an animal that did Yeah, so if the terefa that we mentioned is an animal Yes, if then a behemah that was um, injured, that has not died as a result of um, being torn apart, is forbidden. So you might assume that if a wolf comes and drags the goat by its foot or by its, uh, by its tail or by its ear, and then someone came after the wolf and saved the gedi, it would be prohibited because it was um, attacked because it was injured. Therefore, the Torah said that an animal that was attacked, you must send it to the dog. It is not forbidden until it only only be, until it becomes fit for um, for a dog. Meaning meaning. It caused it to die soon after it 
was attacked. Halamalta. From here, we learn that the terefa mentioned in the Torah refers to an animal that is um, that was attacked and crushed by an animal, um, a predatory animal, that it is fatally. Um, that it is fatally wounded, but is still alive. Even if someone came and did shehita on the animal before it died, while it was in this fatally wounded state, it is prohibited because of the prohibition of terefa. Because it is Highly, highly unlikely for this animal to live after it was attacked in the way it was attacked. Even, um, yes, for long after, yes, if, if you leave it, um, yes, because it wouldn't continue to live um, after you slaughtered it for a long time, again, as a result of the animal that attacked it. Halachatet. Nimtzeta lamed asra from here we learn that the Torah prohibited an animal that died on its own. And this is called the Nevelah. And it also prohibited an animal that is bound to die because of some type of injury, even though it is still alive. And this is called the Terefah. And just as the we did not we don't differentiate in the way that it died regarding a nevelas, so we don't differentiate if it died naturally or if it fell from the roof and died, um, or if it was strangled, or if it was killed by a predator. So too, we don't differentiate in regards to an animal that is bound to die. Again, just as we don't differentiate with a nevela, we also don't differentiate in a terefa regarding um, whether it was uh, attacked by a predator and injured, whether it fell from the roof and broke most of its ribbed, ribs, or if it fell and its limbs and organs were crushed, or if a, an arrow was shot at it and it pierced its heart or its lung, or if it contracted some type of disease on its own, and as a result, its heart or lung was pierced, or if it broke, or if the illness she contracted resulted in the breaking of most of its ribs, or anything of that sort. Since it is bound to die in all these cases, it is considered a terefa harezo terefa ben it is considered a terefa, whether the cause of it being a terefa was by a living creature or by, or through natural causes. Imken, 
Halachayod, Lama Ne'emar Torah Terefa. If that is the case, why does the Torah then explicitly say a Terefa? And with, with, as we mentioned before, that the Terefa, um, that the Torah refers to, that the Torah specifically is referring to, is an animal that, uh, a predatory animal that attacked it. Diber HaTorah This is an important rule. And the reason why the Torah uses the language of terefa is because the Torah spoke in terms of what typically occurs. And it spoke um, to, to man. And whatever man perceived as common is how the Torah put um, certain phrases. Another example, the Gemara and Masechet Hulin brings in regards to Diber HaTorah Bahoveh is the pasuk of Lo Tebashel Gedi Bahalev Imo. From the simple reading and the simple um, and the um, and just the way um, anyone reading the Torah may read this pasuk, he may conclude that the only prohibition is to cook milk and meat. However, we know that the, there are a couple of prohibitions: one to cook milk and meat, one to eat milk and meat, and one to derive benefit from milk and meat. And so the Gemara asks: So then, why did the Torah say it the way say Lotevashel Gedi Bahalevimo? Because the from the Torah it only seems that um, only that cooking milk and meat is that only cooking milk and meat is prohibited. The Gemara answers that the Torah Diber HaTorah Diber HaKatu The Torah spoke in terms of what was common and what typically um, occurs. Because if we don't say say this, um, the whole explanation of the terefa that we just gave, that it's not um, that it's not solely a predatory animal, rather it's um, anything that was would cause anything that would cause the animal to die um, in a short period of time. So if we don't say this, the only type of terefa that we would prohibit is only a terefa that was struck in the field. But if it was struck or injured in the courtyard, it would not be prohibited because the Pasuk says, But it doesn't... Um, it doesn't specify any other location. So just as we say that it is not necessarily that an animal came and attacked it, rather it's anything that would cause the animal to um, to die soon after it was struck or injured, um, or contracted a disease and it wouldn't live for long. For, it wouldn't live for long. So too, um, in regards to the sade, um, yes, and yes, so too that the whole phrase of um, is referring to again anything that would result in the animal's death soon after um, it was injured or again it contracted some type of disease. So if we don't, be, and again, if we don't say that the Torah spoke in terms of what was frequent, of what was um, commonplace, the only type of terefa that we would prohibit if you s simply read the Pasuk would be any, it's only an animal that was um, struck in the field. But it would not be prohibited if it was struck in any other place. From here we learn that the Torah um, uses language only in regards to what frequently occurs and what what, um, what was commonplace and how people would typically speak.
ועניין הכתוב שהנוטה למות מחמת מכותיה. And the wider intention of the, the פסוק is to include any animal that was bound to die because of any type of wound or injury. And it would be highly unlikely for this animal to survive that injury or that illness is prohibited. From here, Hachamim said, And Hachamim said that the general rule is the following, that any disease or injury that would afflict an animal and it would most probably not survived is deemed a terefa. And in Hilchot Shehita, Bezat Hashem will study that in the, in the coming weeks, we will clarify which illnesses would result in the animal becoming a terefa, and which animals um, would not, and which illness would not um, result in the animal being a terefa. And the terefot, in just a, a preview, uh, the terefot are pretty much injuries and illnesses that Hachamim um, listed and agreed with it, obviously, in the presence of their court, that these are considered terefot, even though um, they may or may not be 100% accurate uh, today based on um, our sciences. As we mentioned multiple times, uh, the halakha is the halakha independent of um, what science or um, whatever um, new discoveries come about in the field of biology in regards to terefa, but also um, this applies for any other um, topic in the halakha, um, also for the chot um, and any other, yes, any other topics that we've mentioned um, until this point. So to anyone who cuts flesh from a live animal from a live kosher animal, and just to note, this is different from the isur of Ever Minahai. Ever Minahai is cutting a limb of an animal. Here we're simply talking about someone cutting a piece of flesh from an animal. That flesh that he cut from the kosher animal is considered a terefa. And anyone who eats a kezait of it is liable because of the prohibition. He violated the prohibition of eating it, of not eating a terefa. Because this flesh because this flesh is from an animal that was not slaughtered and has not died. And it doesn't matter if a predator tore it apart or if it, the flesh was cut by a person. And it doesn't matter if the entire if the entire flesh was taken from the animal and it doesn't matter if simply a small part of the flesh was removed from the animal and eaten. The Torah says that the Again, the flesh of an animal that was torn apart in the field may not be eaten. Since the flesh, um, in this case that you cut off, was like flesh that was left in the field, it is considered a terefa. And Hamim learned that the language of uvasar bisde terefa 
is a little bit redundant. And there's no reason, um, it seems, that the Torah would have to add uvasar So the intent um, of the, the Hamim learned that the intent of the extra word of basadeh it comes to teach us that any flesh that was left, um, that was taken, that was removed from the from the animal, just as an animal um, in flesh that is um, torn apart in the field, the flesh is simply left. Um, the same applies to prohibit any flesh that was cut from a live kosher animal and considered as, and is regarded as a terefa. Halacha yod bet. Now we'll move to a different topic. Um, and, and that topic is an animal that is something called goses, an animal that um, it became weak on its own, not because of any illness or any injury. Rather, it um, simply um, became old and became weak. Um, again, naturally. Any animal, any behema that became sick and became weak on its own and is about to die. Since it was not wounded um, in any part of its body that would cause it to die, it is permissible. Because the Torah only prohibited um, an animal that Yes, only forbade that animal which is compared to an animal that was um, torn up, that was, yes, that was injured and torn apart by another animal. Because a wound, yes, because it um, it caused it to have a wound from which it will um, surely die. Even though this type of animal is permissible, the great sages would not eat an animal that was swiftly slaughtered in order for it not to die on its own and become a nevela, thereby prohibiting it to be eaten. Even though um, it moved and trembled after, at the end rather, of the shahita. And if anyone has, has ever seen a shahita, after the animal is slaughtered, it moves and trembles a little bit after, um, at the end of the shahita. And so even, and we'll see that how, we'll see how that's relevant in a few, in a few moments. Um, but this movement after, at the end of the shahita um, demonstrates that at the moment of the shahita, the animal was still alive. Thereby, um, if it was again nishhata and properly slaughtered, it would be permitted to be eaten. But again, the, the great sages would refrain from eating this type of animal. But and there is no issue um, in regards to this type of animal. Rather, anyone who wants to be strict on himself in regards to this is praiseworthy. Anyone who slaughters a behema or a haya or an off and blood did not come out from it, the, this animal is 
permitted, and we don't say that it was dead before the shahita. So to anyone who did shahita on a healthy animal and did not move at the end of the shahita, um, and or tremble at the end of the or shake or tremble at the end of the shahita, it is permissible. However, a dangerously ill animal, and it is, this is this uh, um, and a dangerously ill animal is defined that any animal that cannot stand on its own and must be assisted to stand. Even though it may eat like a healthy animal. If the mesukenet was slaughtered and did not uh, tremble or shake at the end of the shahita, it is considered a nevela, and one would be liable for malkut um, because um, if he ate it. But if it did shake and move at the end of the shahita, it is permitted because it shows that the animal is alive before the shahita. At the end of the shahita, yes, it was alive before it was slaughtered. And the pirkus must be at the end of the shahita, uh, but before the shahita, um, it is in, it is not it does not demonstrate that the animal was alive at the end of the shahita. Halakha tedvav. Now Rambam exactly will give us the definition of this pirkus. Ketzad hu ha pirkus. What uh, is this pirkus and this movement at the end of the shahita that we're referring to that again demonstrates the animals alive at the end of the sh- uh, uh, through it is, is alive before it was to- before it was slaughtered regarding a um daka and a haya whether um big or small whether it stretched out its hand and pulled it back or if it stretched out its leg even though it did not um, bring it back and the reason we don't we the, the we don't um, the reason it's enough for the animal to simply stretch it out its leg and not bring it back is because the legs are heavier than the arms and it's difficult to return the leg back to its position after um, it was stretched and again after it was um, slaughtered. But regarding the hand, the hand is lighter and is um, a more natural type of movement, I guess. And um, that's why we require the hand to be stretched out and pulled back. But it's enough for the animal to stretch out its leg only. Or if it folded um, its leg, it is considered. this is considered pirkus. And it is permitted. But if it stretched out its hand and did not um, retract it, it is asur because this is simply a sign that it died, not that it was alive um, prior, right um, before the shahita. And regarding a larger animal, whether it was the hand or the leg, whether it stretched out the hand um, or the leg or it returned um, yes or it folded the leg and did not stretch it out it's considered pirkus and it would be permitted but if it did not stretch out its hand or its leg or fold any uh, or fold its hand or its leg it is considered a nevela. 
הלכה יוד זין. ובעוף, אפילו לא רפרף אלא בעינו ולא קשקש אלא בזנבו, הרי זו פרקוס רגרניה, a bird, even if all it did was flutter its eye or um, twitch its tail, it is, this is considered פרקוס um, in any animal um, that makes this type of subtle, any bird rather that makes this type of um, subtle movement. Um, demonstrate that it's alive before the shahita. Hashahadat hamusukanat balayla, beloya dam pirkisa, o im lo pirkisa, harezu sifik nevelav, asura, anyone who slaughters a, um, an animal that is dangerously ill at night, and he didn't know if it did the pirkus or not, it is considered a sifik nevela and prohibited. Halacha um, yod het. Now we'll move to a different topic, which is the combination of two different um, forbidden items um, and the question of if they can combine together um, to cause someone to be liable if he ate both of them at the same time and they are both less than the Shi'ur for one to be liable. So, but together they would be, um, they would be enough to, for, to make someone liable. So, halakha <laughs> All of the prohibitions in the Torah and mitzarefin ze imze chutz mi isurim nazir kemoshit ba'er sham. So all the isurim in the Torah, um, if combined with each other, do not combine to make up the minimum amount in order for one to be liable. Aside from the prohibitions regarding a nazir, as bezat Hashem mosi and uchod nazirut perikhe, and in um, Harambam here we'll give an example Lefikach, therefore Halokiach me'at chelev um'at dam Um'at besar behemat hemea Um'at besar nevela Um'at besar dag tameh Um'at besar of tameh Vechayotseb ba'elu mishar ha'isurin Vetzerev min ha'kol kazayit va'achalo Eno loke So Vedino kedin ochel hati shi'ur Therefore if someone took a little bit of Chelev, which is forbidden fats of the animal um, of only behemot, rather, uh, and a little bit of blood, and a little bit of um, not kosher meat, and a little bit of the flesh of a nevela, and a little bit of the um, of meat of a non kosher fish, and a little bit of uh, meat from a non kosher bird, and any other um, prohibited, um, and any other um, food that is prohibited. For example, another example is tevel, or um, or Orla, or Hametz on Pesach. And he combined all of these um, in order, and only when he combines these forbidden foods, these different types of forbidden foods, does he get a Kezait, and he eats, and he eats the Kezait. He would not be liable for Malkut, and anyone who does this would um, be regarded as someone who ate the Hatsishi'ur, um, which is less than obviously the amount for one to be liable. And as you mentioned, I think uh, one or two chapters ago, Hatsi um, Shi'ur is Asur Ma'at Torah, is prohibited from scriptural law, but one, one would not be liable for Malkut um, if he ate a Hatsi Shi'ur, but would be liable for Makat Mardut. Yeah, so again, important, important halakha. Um, all the Isurim in the Torah, again, do not combine with each other um, in order to make one liable. So if someone had half a kezayit of blood and half a kezayit of chelev, um, both of which are forbidden, and he ate 
them both, he would not be liable um, because uh, it's not because again we say that um, two forbidden things don't combine with each other um, to make up the minimum amount for one to be liable. Aside from again the isurim of a nazir. Halachayod tet kol hanevelot misarefot zo imzo unvela misarefet im haterefa. All kinds of nevelot, um, as we'll see, we'll see right now, an exception to this rule, not but not really an exception. So all kinds of nevelot combine with one another to um, cause someone. Um, yes, they combine with one another to make up the minimum amount for one to be liable for. And a nevela also can be combined with a terefa. Um, and also any animal and haya. Any yes, any behema and non-kosher behema and haya combined with one another again to make up the minimum amount for one to be haya. However, the flesh of a nevela and the flesh of a non-kosher animal do not combine um, with one another um, to make up the minimum amount for one to be haya. If someone took um, the nevela of a shor and the nevela of a tzvi and the nevela of a tarnegol of a chicken and um, bunch it up together in order to make it a kezait and ate it, he would be liable for malkut because all of these are nevelot and as we just mentioned, all the nevelot Combined with each other. Also, if someone um, bunched together half the half of a kezait of a kosher nevela, uh, a kosher carcass of a behema, and half a zait of a terefa. Or if he took half a zait of a of the flesh of a nevela and half a zait of a um, of the of a piece of flesh that he cut from a behemat tehora, which as you mentioned is considered a terefa, and ate it both of them, it, he would be he would be liable for malkut. Okay, so to the if he took meat of a camel and meat of a pig and meat of an arnevet and bunched it up together in order to make a kezait and ate it, he would be liable for malkut. Aval im tzeref hatzi zait minivlat hashor vahatzi zait midesar hagamal en misarifin vechen kol kayotzeh bazeh. But if he bunched up together half a kezait of the nevela of an ox and half a zait of the neve of um of a gamal, which again the we have here a nevela, and on the other hand, we have we have half a zayit of a nevela and half a zayit of a gamal, which is a not kosher animal. As you mentioned, the nevela and a not kosher animal do not combine. Um, they do not com Yes, they do not combine, and one would not be liable for malkut kol and so to anything of this sort. kol tame. So too, in regards to a not kosher behema and a not kosher um, 
of and the a non-kosher um, non-kosher fish. Yes, Mihaila. So also, so too, regarding a non-kosher behema uh, and a non-kosher of, or a non-kosher fish and a non-kosher of, and besashin, the flesh of the two of them do, um, do not combine because they are two different categories because each one of these is prohibited by a separate love, as we mentioned in Perek Bet. Um, the besar of teme'a and the of teme. Notice that Harambam didn't say, the, didn't give it as an example. The besar and of teme'a and the bas, yes, the behema. Yes, sorry, he doesn't say the behema teme'a and the haya teme'a because, as we mentioned at the opening of this treatise, that the behema and haya are considered under the same love. So Harambam was very careful in his language and said that the behema teme'a and the of teme, which are two separate lavin. So because, again, they're two different categories, they are not mitzaref. However, um, within the category of not kosher birds, the birds, the not kosher birds do combine. Just as all not kosher behemot and hayot would combine. The following is the rule. All the animals that are forbidden by the same love, Combine um, with one another. Bishne lavin and misarefin hutz min nevela utrefa ho ilve terefa tehillat nevelahi. However, if they are two separate lavin, if two things are prohibited by two separate lavin, they are don't combine with one another. Aside from the nevela and the terefa, because the terefa is essentially the first stage of the nevela, because it will die soon anyway. Halacha kaf bet. So this, um, from here, um, for, yes, for the next couple of halachot, Harambam will explain um, different di- other different parts of the animal that um, are prohibited to be eaten or may be permitted to be eaten. So in this halacha, Harambam lists um, certain parts of the animal that are prohibited to be eaten. So anyone who eats from um, a nevela or a terefa or... Um, Yes, so anyone who eats the following parts from a nevela or a terefa or from a behema, from a non-kosher behema or haya, if he eats from their skin or from their bones or from their sinos or from their horns or from their hooves or from their nails, that blood would come out if cut or from the placenta, um, even though someone who eats, yes, all of these parts of the animal are asur, but if someone ate it, he would be patur because these parts of the animal are not really fit for consumption and they do not combine with the flesh for the kezai to obligate someone in malkut. This halakha is very, very interesting and has some pretty um, relevant uh, halakha ramifications. One of them 
um, is gelatin. So gelatin is made out of the out of um, pig bone, and the process in which gelatin is made is that the bone the pig bones are crushed and are eaten by chemicals. Um, essentially, they still are pig bone, but one may argue, as Haham Ovadia Yosef argues, that since the pig bone are totally changed form and they're not really considered pig bone anymore, on this is one of the bases in which he permits um, gelatin to be eaten. Um, there is another opinion, that of the Rashba, um, who are, who disagrees with Harambam and says not that these parts of the animal are asur and someone who eats them would be patur, rather he says that they are um, mutar. However, Harambam's position is pretty clear. Then he says that Avapi again, Avapi shehu asur harezet patur, mitpenesha en elur in mistarifin in habasar lechezait. Um, they are, it is prohibited to eat these, but one who eats them would be patur. And again, that includes um, bones of a not kosher animal. And um, yes, and I myself am not sure um, what Harambam would say in regard to gelatin. If anyone has any thoughts, I'd really love to hear them. You can comment on the YouTube page or um, send, um, send me a WhatsApp. So the keva, the keva is another name for the food that is digested in the belly of the behema and of the haya. So for example, um, yeah, so one reason why this would be relevant is because it would maybe used to curdle milk in order to make cheese, as we mentioned in Pirik Gima. So the keva, the um, the food that is inside the animal um, of a nevela and a temea is permissible. Because it is considered just like all the other dirt and excrement and digested food um, in the body of the animal. Therefore, it is permitted to curdle milk in the um, in the keva in the inside of an animal that was slaughtered by a goy and of the animal that is non-kosher. Aval or However, what they would do back in the day, and this is what Hahamim prohibited, is that they didn't just prohibit this, rather this was one of the basis in which they prohibited cheese from goyim. Rather, the stomach linings of the animal is considered as um, part of the innards of the animal itself and is prohibited. So the dif- distinction that we make that we're making here is the keva of the animal. And the or hakeva, the keva is muteret because it is, and again, the keva is food and other, um, and yes, that it's food and um, yes, it's food that was digested already by the animal and it's considered um, like um, some type that like excrement and like already digested food in the animal. And with that, it is permitted to curdle um, milk. However, um, Regarding the stomach lining of the 
um, of the non-kosher animal, it is prohibited to curdle milk. And just as um, a reminder um, from the previous chapter, Hamim prohibited the Chachmeh HaMishnah on Givinat Goyim and prohibited it on all um, cheese made by Goyim because because they would curdle cheese again in the stomach lining of the animal that they slaughter, which is considered a nevela. Or haba keneged panav shelahamor mutar ba'achilam mipeneshu kimo perish meraglaim shehen mutarot. The skin in the front of the donkey's face is permitted to be eaten because it is like excrement and urine which are permitted. Halacha halacha kavdalit yesh orot shehen kabasar va'ochel mein kazayit keochel min habasar ve'u. There are types of skin of different animals that are regarded as flesh, and anyone who eats a kezait of this flesh, it's as if um, he eats, it's, it, we regard it as if he, yes, and anyone who eats of the skin a kezait, it's as if he is eating a kezait of flesh, and this is provided that he eats the skin while it is soft. And the following are the types of skin that are regarded as flesh. Or ha'adam, the skin of humans. And also um, skin of a domesticated pig. Or the skin of the hump of a camel that did not um, carry a burden a burden yet, or it did not reach the age to carry a burden that the skin is soft, or the skin of the animal's private parts, and the skin that is under the tail of the animal, in the skin of a fetus, or the skin of the anaka, the anaka is a gecko, and the koah is another type of reptile, also other types of reptiles, lizards and chameleons, yeah, the leta'a, I believe, is the lizard, and the homet is the chameleon. I'm not sure what the koach is. Um, regard, regarding these types of skins that we mentioned, it is considered to be um, flesh while they are soft. This is, all, this is also regarding the purposes. Yes, this is the purposes for, for, for the purposes of um, eating and for the purposes of the final halacha in this chapter will deal with um, the shor haniskal and the prohibition of eating and deriving benefit from the shor haniskal. Ne'emar beshor haniskal. Yes, a reminder of what the shor haniskal is. The shor haniskal is a shor, is an ox that um, gored and killed another a that Gordon killed a, a a Jewish citizen, or if it um, had relations um, and was um, put to death and was um, rather was sentenced to death um, to be stoned by the court of twenty three judges. Yes, and yes. So with that, we'll read the. 
Halacha ne'emar be shor hani, and it is again prohibited to derive benefit from the shor haniska. Ne'emar be shor haniska. It is said in regarding to the shor haniska, the ox that is to be stoned. Lo ye'achelet besaro, its meat may not be eaten. How exactly would it be possible to eat the flesh of the sh- of the shorhaniskal after it was stoned? Considering it would be a nevela because shah- because shahita was not done to it. So how can we say? So why does the Torah say that its meat may not be eaten if it is to be stoned, rendering it a nevela? Rather, the Torah only came to teach us the following. Once it was sentenced to be stoned, it is prohibited. And it is um, regarded as a not kosher animal. And if someone came and did a proper shahita to the animal, it is prohibited to derive benefit from it. If he ate a kezait from the flesh of the shorhaniskal, even if shahita was done to it, it, that person would be liable for malkut. So too, after it was stoned, it may not be sold. And it may not be given to um, to, uh, to the dogs or um, to a non-Jew. That's why the Torah came to say that you may not eat its meat. Also, the excrement of the Shor Haniskal is permitted to derive benefit from it. If we find out that it was exempt from um, being stoned after it was sentenced, for example, if we find that the witnesses were guilty of collusion, it may um, go back to as it was before and may go back to graze with its flock. And if it was found um, to be if it was found to be innocent and it was it shouldn't have been put it shouldn't have been stoned um, after it was stoned the um, yes if after it was stoned we find out that it was shouldn't have been stoned it is the meat is permitted for one to derive benefit from it with that we conclude the fourth chapter of Hashem will study um, tomorrow, which deals with a um, very, very interesting topic, um, that of Eber Minahai. Bezat Hashem will do that tomorrow. Baruch Adonai, Amen, Amen.